Hi, I'm New England Patriots running back and Super Bowl champ James White, and you listen to the Fantasy Football Champs podcast. Go Pats! What is going on, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of the Fantasy Football Champs podcast. Back at it again, Friday night, or dare I say Saturday, very early morning. I'm here with AJ. AJ, how are you doing? Good, sir. I'm doing pretty great. We are finally, finally breaking down the 20-team league. I am so pumped for this. If you guys listen to us breaking down the 50 league in the podcast that we released earlier today... Uh, you guys know what to expect. We're going to come at you with some hot takes, with some criticism, with some praise. And uh, we're going to do the same exact thing. So so basically, if you guys didn't listen, the, the way we're going to do it is I am going to read down the teams based on how Sleeper has the lineup set. And then Mark over here is going to give some input basically tell you guys how he feels about your team look look don't don't sugarcoat it okay i'm fucking coming for blood all right he's coming i'm finding weaknesses and i'm gonna exploit them for the world to see so you guys better have had your fucking draft caps on because i'm coming for you <laughs> all right guys so listen all right all my 20 league members so if you didn't listen maybe you, you should okay. check out the 50 league you, okay because you smell I went in there. What i smell that? fear I you're, t- no you're 20 dollars no they're, they're scared right now they're, no, not re- they're, they're not ready for this there's no fair. Um, so yeah, if you guys didn't listen, so I basically went, uh, I broke down Mark's league, and I'm not gonna say I trashed everybody, but I let it be known that the 20 team I feel is the superior league, and I wanted to get in there and break down these teams. And I wasn't too harsh. I wasn't too harsh. I really wasn't. But it was fun breaking them down, and. Uh, giving my thoughts on each and every team so we're gonna do the same thing for our league um and real quick you know i'm just gonna read through who is in my league you know give him a little shout out so picking at the one one is joker we got goose at two chet is better at three dj eight shy labuff S dubs. Just Walsh. do it. <laughs> Bencino, Yellow Mike, Unlock Joint, go ahead. Picking at the 12. So starting at the one for Joker. Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, Le'Veon Bell, DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Rob Gronkowski, which I feel like he sniped from me from like 12 picks away and flex Jordan Howard oddly enough which was your flex when you picked out of the one spot that's right he just kind of falls in your lap around the sixth round or so oh and he got him at the seven one so uh, right around the same exact spot actually which is pretty cool uh should you take this team first like do you want to butter it up before I shit on it or what? just just hop in okay and, I, and, and I'll I'll defend your take okay so let's talk about the quarterbacks Right, you're starting Cam Newton. You got uh, who do we got here? I know it's our quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. So I feel like he got two very similar 
players at quarterback. One of them, hopefully, can stay healthy. I'm not mad at the quarterback situation. Running backs. You got Christian McCaffrey and Le'Veon Bell as your one and two. I think that's solid. Le'Veon Bell, he hasn't been great. Okay, he's in New York. New York sucks. They have an awful line. They have a bad quarterback. New York doesn't have a lot, have a lot going for it. But as a volume play, he's who else? The, who else is gonna get the ball? He could lead the team in receptions. Well, probably second behind Crowder. But Le'Veon Bell's gonna be heavily involved in the passing game. Christian McCaffrey's a stud. I don't need to talk about him. The receivers of Hopkins, uh, Robinson, and Landry. Allen Robinson. I don't know if I don't know if he's being drafted appropriately. Okay. Now his quarterback is trash. <clears throat> I'll I'll never defend Trubisky. But Allen Robinson last year he finished as the wide receiver eleven. Like he was fantastic. The amount the amount of volume this dude has was absolutely insane. He he had 154 targets last season. 154. That is crazy. Allen Robinson was sneaky good last year, and I feel like a lot of people might not realize just how good Allen Robinson was. Like, it wasn't 14 touchdown Allen Robinson back in Jacksonville, but let, let's face it, in Chicago, he's probably not going to be catching 14 touchdowns ever again. But as a two, that's a really solid two behind Hopkins. My issue with this team is... I'm anti Jarvis Landry. Okay. Now Jarvis's whole career, he's been very consistent. Yeah, yeah. He's like he has sure hands. He has a nasty hip injury. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but when you're a wide receiver, it's probably good to be able to turn your hips. So I think that Jarvis Landry is gonna cut him uh, gonna get off to a slow start. And I think that on the other side, I think Odell is gonna come off and have a nice bounce back season so that can only hurt Jarvis Landry in my opinion as a three you could do worse but I'm just I'm kind of anti Jarvis and Jordan Howard and the flex we talked about that a lot last night I think it's a uh, a low I think it's a lower end but a steady safe volume bet at running back so I'm not mad at Jordan Howard in the flex and you got Will Fuller on the bench who's probably the bench best bench player you got and if you can stay healthy he if he stays healthy, he will be in the starting lineup over Landry. Absolutely should be, at least. Um, so it doesn't sound like you have too many issues with this squad. No, Joker came out, and he did his thing. I, I think that this is a really solid lineup, top to bottom. Solid receivers, uh, decent bench, uh, good running backs, uh, nice volume plays there, and the quarterbacks are decent. Uh, Cam Newton get drafted at the 9-1. I do think that's a bit early, though. I think in ours, he went like the 14th. Yeah, there, there was a couple, there was a couple reaches. Uh, I think Cam going at nine one is a little early. Uh, Gronk at five one is earlier than where he's been going, but I'm not mad at that. I think Gronk's gonna have a great year. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, I didn't really touch on the bench too much, but Will Fuller is a is a really nice piece of this bench. And then one player, I don't think anybody in fantasy right now is talking about that. I'm not saying he's gonna come out and be like a crazy fantasy player this year, but Eric Ebron in Pittsburgh is intriguing to me because Eric Ebron is just a touchdown magnet, especially in the red zone. Um, I think Big Ben's going to be looking to him a lot in the red zone. Hopefully so, hopefully he's not the next uh, Vance McDonald, though. That that was a yeah, bust last year. Ebron, Ebron's definitely better than Vance McDonald. Um, but, I mean, getting him as Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft, is not bad because if something was to happen to Gronk, you know, Ebron, I think, is a pretty good spot start 
that tight end this year. I, I think he's going to have a pretty solid year. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I do like this team. There's not too many weaknesses. Uh, like, I kind of crushed you a little bit last night, and I'll, I'll crush Vinny over here with the same thing. It's Jordan Howard. I just don't like him as flex. Uh, that's really what it is. I, I don't think, like, again, like, I'm, I'm just repeating myself from the episode from this morning, but it's like, if Matt Breda wasn't in town, this would be great. But he is, and he's not going to go away unless he gets hurt. But you can't bank on that. So right now, it's just too much of a committee for me to get solid flex play out of Jordan Howard. Yeah, but, I mean, I think we can both admit that uh... – uh, oh man, I was looking something up. His name's escaping. Matt Breda. Matt Breda is awful between the tackles. The dude is not a workhorse. We know that Jordan Howard can be. Just keep that in mind that Jordan Howard has done it before. So there is a chance he does it again. Because I don't think Breda is really lobbying to take carries from Jordan Howard. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, I, I mean. It is what it is. It's kind of a wait and see approach. Um, real quick, before we get to team two, I just want to say that. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to continue on all 12 teams. I'm going to run them down. Mark's going to break them down. I'm going to give my input, you know, uh, either defend you guys or agree, you know, because I'm not just going to, you know, I'm going to give you guys that content you're looking for. <laughs> but, um, what we're going to do at the end of the episode is Mark is going to pick his three favorite teams on this draft. I did the same last I did not choose Mark's team. So he could be a little salty over there. I don't know. He was a, he was definitely close, but I picked three teams that I thought were the best in that league. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to leave you guys with that. So we're going to go right to team two, which is Goose. So... Goose, his his lineup right now is looking at Lamar Jackson, Ezekiel Elliott, DeAndre Swift, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Nicole Hardman, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and the Flex. A couple of notable bench guys. You got Sony Michelle, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Miller, your boy, Denzel Mims. What, what do you think about Goose's team? Well, I have a question to ask you. Is this a tight end premium league or is this just a regular for tight end scoring? This is just regular. Okay, so having Mark Andrews in there at the flex, Goose is putting his nuts on the table with that one. Uh, he's proven that he doesn't have many fucks left to give, and I can respect that. Uh, definitely a bold move. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Ezekiel Elliott, that's a fantastic one-two punch. DeAndre Swift, I feel like he's going to be the critical piece of this team. If DeAndre Swift can take this job from Carryon Johnson early in the season, I mean, he needs to. If he's your RB two, he needs to fucking take it early. If he does, however, then DeAndre Swift has all the talent in the world. I think he was definitely in the top two for talent among uh, among among rookie running uh, backs in the uh, in the draft. So, I love the potential of DeAndre Swift. The wide receivers I do have a problem with, however, DK Metcalf. I mean, this is just a this is just a uh, a redraft. So, DK Metcalf, I think, is solid. I think he has top fifteen upside for sure. Um, again, he's going to be dealing with Tyler Lockett, and Lockett has been a model of consistency over the past about five seasons now. The dude is just the dude just lights out. So, Metcalf really flashed a lot last year. So, I do like Metcalf as a one. I don't feel great about it, 
Looks like you get him at the 411, back of the fourth. So I think that is an appropriate spot to get him. Um, again, that's probably the sacrifice you make by going Lamar Jackson in the second round. Uh, Debo Samuel has a two. It looks like he could play week one, but I just think that when you have an injury like that, I mean, it can linger. There's no preseason. Debo Samuel, I'm off of him this year. Just he, It scares me. Um, and Miko Hardman as a three. Uh, there was a team in, the, in my 50 that had Miko Hardman as their wide receiver three, and I didn't like it then, so I'm not going to like it now. Uh, he's just too boom bust with way more bust than boom potential. Um, again, if Sammy Watkins wasn't there, then I'd like this pick a lot more. But in fact, he is. So I'm off Miko Hardman. Um, the bench, though, I mean, Aaron Rodgers to back up Lamar Jackson. That's a really solid backup play. You uh, handcuff Tony Pollard to Zeke. That's smart. Uh, Lamar Miller. I mean, no one's excited about Lamar Miller. We'll see what comes of that. If I was Goose, I would... I would be looking to trade one of these two tight ends, okay? Um, you probably don't want to trade Kelsey because, I mean, Kelsey in a redraft, I mean, that's the best tight end you can get. But he also has the name you can sell. So if I was Goose, I'd probably put Travis Kelsey on the trade block, try to get either a uh, upgrade the RB2 or upgrade the wide receiver position and then just slide Mark Andrews over into the starting gig. And I think that could fix, uh, I think that could fix a couple of the holes on this team. Um. Yeah. See, it, my issue with this team, honestly, I'm not mad at the uh, going double tight ends. I, I actually kind of like that. Uh, I mean, looking at last year's numbers, he has the number one and number two tight end starting. So, I mean, you can't really beat that. That's that's not a bad idea. And it's similar to I know we haven't broken it down yet. That's the next episode we're gonna do. But the memorabilia league, I did something similar where I took two tight ends and I, I was happy with it. I was happy with it. I, I think I got I had Kittle and Gronk. So uh, stacking two tight ends is not a bad game plan. See, in, it's an orthodox, it, but if, I think it's going to work. If this was a tight end premium league, then it'd make more sense to me. But when it's just regular scoring uh, format, I almost wonder if Goose did this <laughs> for trade bait. Now, like, I wonder if that might have been his thinking behind it because the wide receiver position definitely suffered because of it. I mean... Debo Samuel and Miko Hardman as your two and three. Like, that's not very appealing. That's definitely not sexy. So, um, yeah, just uh, a bit of advice for Goose out there. I would definitely try to move one of those tight ends, whichever one you can get the most for. And I think it would uh, turn this uh, decent lineup into an even better one for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it is it is a good idea because there are some weaknesses on this team. Like I was saying, Miko, like, if, if you're going to get – now, I'm all about the Kansas City offense. I think everybody out there should be. But if you're going to get two guys that you have to start for Kansas City, Kelsey, yes, but don't get Miko Hardman as a Kansas City stack. Like, he's just going to let you down so many times. Yeah, he's definitely boomer bust. Um, I, I, do, I do think there's a lot of upside with Miko Hardman. I think he could have a really strong year, but he is a boomer bust player. Debo Samuel, I like a lot because – they line him up all over the place. He, he's, he's effective in the backfield. He's a good deep threat. He's a great route runner. He's got good hands. Um, DK Metcalf, I'm actually comfortable with him being my receiver one. So I'm not mad at that. I think he's going to have a, a better year than last year, which he had a really, really solid year last year. Um, Zeke and DeAndre Swift. My thing is, as good as I think DeAndre Swift is and as good as I think he's going to be for Detroit, 
he's going to be fighting with with Marlon uh, with Karrion Johnson. So it's it's just going to be a pain to deal with. I think I think he I think DeAndre Swift is going to be a little bit of a boomer bust play this year too, but just because of the fact that he's fighting for carries. Um, Zeke, I mean, we already know what to expect from Zeke. Lamar, Lamar Jackson too. Same, I mean, same deal. You got you got arguably the top quarterback, and you got a top three running back. So that's a hell of a way to start the team. And you have the top tight end. And the number two tight end. So I mean, you uh, top number one tight end. And number two. Oh, you talking about Mark Andrews, Andrews as yeah. number two? Yeah, yeah, but you got Kittle over Andrews though. I have Kittle over Kelsey this year. But I'm saying that's because you're last a crazy year. Person. Last year standard, Mark Andrews number two. Yeah, Mark Andrews was a fucking touchdown machine last year, and he definitely can be. So that stack is fantastic. Yeah. Because, oh man, see, I was gonna say another move that Goose could make if he's if he really wants to overhaul this thing, which I wouldn't even be that bad about because the first three picks were fantastic, but then after that, there's a lot of question marks. I wonder. I wonder. If Goose should put Lamar Jackson on the block, okay, just hear me out. You put Lamar on the block, okay, you get a top, you get a top tier running back. That fixes the DeAndre Swift as you two, okay? Then you put Travis Kelsey on the block, you get a wide receiver one, and then you'll have DK, insert name here, and then Debo as your three. I and then you slide Mark Andrews into the starting gig. I think that uh man, that this this team, I think it might have to move around some pieces. I really do. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, uh, yeah, he, there's a couple of weaknesses. The receiver three is the, the the real weakness I see here. Um, even though I am, I, I view Miko Hardman as a player on the rise, but I just don't, I don't feel comfortable with him as a receiver three to where you have to start him every week. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think that basically sums up Goose's team. There is a, there's some room to improve, but there is definitely some potential with that squad. Moving to the three spot, Cheddar is better. We got Kyler Murray, Saquon Barkley, Raheem Mostert, Chris Godwin, Robert Woods, Devontae Parker, Chris Godwin, Robert Woods. Did you draft this team? It, it, it feels like it. I like that a lot. George Kittle, and then you got Edelman in the flex bench. You got Peterson, Sterling Shepard, Chris Thompson. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, Blake Jarwin, Kirk Cousins, break it down. Okay, so now your your take on flexes, <clears throat> excuse me, is that you want like a like a like a semi top tier player in the flex. You say you go right to the flex. I see flex not only as like you need a stud in there, but I almost see it like a revolving door effect. So if you have a couple guys you could play the matchups for and get them in there. I don't have a problem with it. On this team, having Julian Edelman, I think Julian Edelman mixed with Adrian Peterson and Sterling Shepard and Deshaun Jackson, I think between those four players, I think you could play the matchups, and I think you'll be fine at flex. So I'm not mad at the flex. Um, Kyler Murray, a lot of people have Kyler Murray pegged as like a top three quarterback going into this year. He was really good last year, and now you're giving him... Well, yeah, I mean, he was the sixth overall quarterback in fantasy last year, and now you give him in my opinion, the most talented wide receiver in football. Some people might say Michael Thomas. I think DeAndre Hopkins is uh, is the better wide receiver, but he's never had... Um, I mean, Deshaun Watson is a good quarterback, but I think uh, Kyler Murray is going to force-feed him. I think that'll benefit uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So I do like Kyler Murray uh, to improve from the number six. I definitely think he can crack the top five. 
I'm not going to talk about Saquon Barkley. You know about Saquon Barkley. It is interesting that he went with the third pick in this one because in mine, the FFC 50, Saquon Barkley also went at the three. So that's pretty interesting that Barkley's been going third when I think you can actually make a pretty good case for him going number one overall. Um, most there as a two. I like it more now than I did a couple weeks ago, but I still don't feel great about it just because that is a loaded backfield, and I think it's officially going to be a timeshare again now. Uh, Godwin, Woods, and Parker. That is a fantastic trio. I love that wide receiver core. Uh, that is fantastic. You throw George Kittle in the mix, too. I think that this is a really, really solid team. If I had to knock it somewhere, I'd say like you could make a case that the flex isn't great. But like I said, you have plenty of pieces that you can plug and play throughout the year where as long as you hit the right matchup on those four players that I mentioned, I think that this team uh, is going to be really good. Now, Mostert isn't the most appealing name to me, but I think you could do I think you could do worse for your RB2. Yeah, see, you basically just touched on the two things that stand up to me, and that is the flex. Like you just said, I, I'm really, really critical of the flex position. That is, is the X factor of, of each team. It, it's the flex. So, I mean, I look at him in this year. I do, but uh, I, he's more of a receiver three to me. So, I, I, I wouldn't really want to flex him. But I'm not saying that's a terrible flex. Um, and then, yeah, just like the last thing you said, Raheem Oster, I'm not, I'm not big on him. I'm just not uh, that that team loves to give the ball to Tevin Coleman and they got Jared McKinnon back from the injury. So it's going to be crowded over there and they're known to San Fran's known to use a committee. So as good as Moster is, he's a very talented back. He's just, there's going to be people in his way. Um, so, I mean, that that's honestly, this team is really well put together. I, I do like what I see. Um, you got some, you got some solid bench players uh, Kyler Murray is going to be a stud this year. Barkley, I mean, I, I, I don't. He's definitely not the number one pick. It's definitely CMC, but Barkley is definitely number two in my opinion. So getting him at three is, is actually a steal. Um, and then yeah, no Godwin, Robert Woods, and Godwin, Robert Woods, and Devontae Parker. That's a hell of a trio at receiver. So overall, I think this team is really nice. Um, I would just say the flex is probably the weakness. And uh, RB2, I, I would like to see a little bit of a better option. But most just not terrible. He, he's, he's a very talented back. So if he gives the majority of the carries, then you should be fine. Yeah, nah, I agree with uh, pretty much everything you said. Definitely a, uh, definitely a solid lineup. But so far, this receiving core, I think, is fantastic. Yeah, no, that's that's a pretty solid receiving core. All right, so next up is DJ8. DJ8's optimal lineup is looking like Matt Ryan, Alvin Kamara, James Conner, AJ Brown, Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, Hayden Hurst, Kareem Hunt, and the Flex. And then some notable bench players, you get Darius Slayton, John Brown, Daniel Jones, Chase Kalipool, Damian Harris, and Alan Lazard. All right, now I just want to be transparent with you guys. I didn't look at a single roster before we started recording so when you're reading them off i'm hearing them and looking at them for myself in real time so my first impression of this team is i like it 
I mean, Matt Ryan, the dude is very consistent. Um, he still has a ton of weapons over there. He seems to always finish right around the top 10. Last season, he finished number 10 over uh, among quarterbacks. Alvin Kamara had a down year. He battled injury through most of the season. But when he came back and he was finally right at the end of the year, he, he definitely passed the eye test. He looked like he was back 100%. James Conner, similar problem, right? The dude couldn't stay healthy last year. He had probably the worst quarterback situation of all time. I don't see how you can get much worse than what he, what he had to deal with last year. Yeah, it's might, pretty bad. It might actually have been a blessing in disguise that he got banged up last year because, I mean, it, it was just awful to watch. Like, Pittsburgh was an eyesore. Um, so I do like Connor to bounce back. Now, he got drafted at the 2-9. Uh, so end of the second, that's a, that's a tad bit early. Usually you can get him a little later than that. Um, the wide receivers, A.J. Brown, love A.J. Brown. Mark Cooper as a two, love Amari Cooper as a two. Mark Cooper is usually getting drafted as a one. Getting him as, at a two is really nice. C.D. Lamb at the three, interesting. So you stack up Cowboy receivers. Now, now we got to remember Jason Witten, out of town, okay? Randall Cobb, gonzo. Both those guys got about 80 targets last year apiece. That's 160 targets that are vacated. If C.D. Lamb comes in, we know he's going to be the wide receiver three. If he can get about 110 or 120 of those targets, then Cooper will have plenty of room to still eat. And I think C.D. Lamb could be viable. Now, the problem is that he's a rookie in a year with no preseason, limited camp. I mean, they're going to be practicing in pads about two weeks before the season starts. So you really need these uh, rookie wide receivers to come in, pick up the offense, and be able to jump in, gain speed, and get it done, especially if you're uh, going to be starting these guys. So CeeDee Lamb, um, the talent is definitely there. I think that there's a couple other rookie wide receivers that I'd rather have over Lamb. Um, the tight end situation, Hayden Hurst. This is Hayden Hurst is such a hot commodity. He is such a popular talking point right now in fantasy circles. Everyone is hoping that this dude can be the next uh, Austin Hooper, right? Because Austin Hooper was getting a ton of targets in Atlanta. He was the tight end one for the first seven weeks. Looked fantastic. And then uh, and then he got hurt. And now Hayden Hurst is going over there. So you're hoping that Hayden Hurst can get the same target volume that Austin Hooper was. But here's the thing. I don't know if he's going to. Because Calvin Ridley looks fantastic. Julio Jones is still balling. You got Todd Gurley, who's going to demand targets out of the backfield. I don't know necessarily how many targets Hayden Hurst is going to get. And the red zone worries me for Hurst. It really does. I don't expect a lot of touchdowns from him. Um, I think that he's going to be a low-end tight end one. Like, maybe he'll finish around the 12th spot. I'm not buying as much of the hype as some of the other analysts out there. If that pans out, then that's great. But taking him at the 6-9 is just way, 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 way too early for me. Um, I wouldn't touch Hayden Hurst anything before the ninth. Um, but, I mean, it's your personal opinion. If you're higher on him, then go get your guy. But for me, I'm not touching Hayden Hurst. And there's a reason maybe where I don't have him in any leagues yet. I'm just not I'm just not in. Cream Hunt, no problem with him in the flex. He, uh, he was a top 20 running back when he got off of his suspension last year for Cleveland. Um, he does eat into Nick Chubb a bit. He dominates the passing role. And uh, you can argue he's just as talented or more talented than Nick Chubb is himself. Kareem Hunt is fantastic. We'll see what the backfield is going to be like now that Nick Chubb uh, 
uh, is going to be splitting more with Cream Hunt because you got to remember Cream Hunt. There's no suspension. Week one, you're going to see Hunt on the field, and that's going to be very annoying for Nick Chubb owners. It's going to be good for Cream Hunt owners. And I know you're not that high on uh, on Cream Hunt, but even you, the guy who hates him, have to admit, if anything happens to Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt is RB one. And you can't debate that. The dude is way too talented. Uh, real quick before I let you jump in at uh, the bench, I think Slayton. Slayton will have some weeks. You just got to make sure that you get him in, in your lineup on the right day. Uh, you also get Daniel Jones at the bench. Daniel Jones, I mean, he's a popular he's a popular pick for upside. A lot of people have him down as a sleeper, but his, his schedule is fucking brutal. I think he could get off to a very slow start. And... Uh, and the dude turns the ball over like something I've never seen before. He's basically trying to give Jameis Winston a fucking run for his money. So Daniel Jones is an interesting guy. I do like stashing him on the bench in case he can ball out. But um, as a backup, I think that's where he I think that's where he should be. And the Damian Harris pick is kind of sneaky because he's getting some positive buzz right now over there in New England. And Lazard, I'm sorry, but this is a, I like this bench. You got John Brown, who was a nice he was a nice piece last year, and Alan Lazard with uh geronimo allison out and mvs kind of sucking last year lazard could be the number two for green bay and if he's the number two aside from Devontae adams he's gonna have a lot of single coverage so there's a path where lazard could be decent too and getting him at the 16-9 i think that is a fantastic lottery ticket this guy just went on a roll and just covered every <laughs> dj you know what you lucked out tonight this guy just broke down your team very thoroughly fine tooth comb i don't i don't think i missed I mean, the fucking play i gotta catch my I, breath i need I, some water <laughs> you want to you want to talk about his kicker and his defense too <laughs> well he got will lutz <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 i'm just fucking with you go ahead now, so so yeah so i mean yeah you basically covered everything I, I would say i would say the thing that sticks out to me the most that i don't like is i don't like having two dallas cowboys starting two receivers starting every week at the same time with Amari and C.D. Lane. It's just, it's tough, man. Yeah, that's tough because more likely than not, one of them will play well and the other one won't. They're, like, they're both not going to get like 100 yards receiving. It's going to be tough. Um, uh, re- real quick, before you move on, I just wanted to uh, to mention that Jason Witten uh, last year had, had he did have over 80 targets and Randall Cop at 83. And both those guys are gone now. So there is over 160 vacated targets. That That's just worth noting. Uh, you know, it, it is worth noting, but I just, I personally, for me, I wouldn't want to start two receivers on the same team week in and week out. Even if they are on one of the better offenses, I, I think it would be more of a pain in the ass. Um, Hayden Hurst, I like a lot. I think he, uh, he might have reached a little bit, you know. I, I, a little bit, bro. 6'9". I know. I it was a reach. So hopefully that works out for you. Cream Hunt, like Mark said, I'm not big on Cream Hunt. If Chubb does go down or if Chubb does get hurt, then yeah, Cream Hunt's a, you gotta you made out. But uh the current the whole Cream Hunt situation is more annoying for Nick Chubb owners than it is for Cream Hunt owners. So I mean I guess getting him in the five four as he flex isn't terrible. You know he's getting on the field, you know he's gonna get touches, you know he's gonna get touchdowns. That's just what he does. Um, my favorite part about this team, though, is the one-two punch with Kamara and Connor. I think James Connor is going to have a gigantic bounce-back year with Ben back, 
And I think Kamara is too, because he's not going to be playing on one leg. He's going to be healthy. Um, yeah, I think he's going to have a really big year. So, I mean, overall, looking at this team, I do like it. Um, I would say the weakness is receiver three, even though it is CD Lamp and he's a very exciting rookie. I just don't like starting two receivers from the same team. It, yeah. It's, it, they're just, it would frustrate the shit out of me. And it's it traditionally, rookie wide receivers usually get off to a slow start. Running back is the position that really carries over nicely. So already with no preseason, CeeDee Lamb could get off to a slow start. So he's, he's probably going to hurt you for the first few weeks at least before he can get rolling. And then, like you said, if Mark Cooper goes out there and catches a touchdown, that's great. But you're capping your upside because you know who can't catch a touchdown if Mark Cooper catches it? CeeDee Lamb. So it's definitely uh, it's definitely going to be a frustrating problem to have. I'm sure that there'll be a couple weeks when it works out. Maybe both of them catch a touchdown, but uh, it's not very likely. I would say uh, I would say early in the season, maybe go Darius Slayton as your receiver three. I think that'd be a better option. Um, moving not, on. Not, wait, real quick, just yeah. uh, not not really related to uh, to DJ's team, but you said you don't like having two receivers from the same team. Would you? Would you feel okay if on the roster you had um, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup? Would you feel better with that one too, or would, would you feel, would you not want that either? I would feel much better with that, uh, only because, well, I mean, you've heard me say it. these guys are gonna get sick of hearing me say it. Michael Gallup is the best receiver in Dallas, so I would see Amari as more of the receiver too, <laughs> even though that's not what the rankings say. Not what the rankings say, but the statistics no. kind of—it's—it's yeah. it's much much closer than some people. Yeah, Gallup Gallup is a a better receiver than Mark Cooper, in my opinion. And statistically, check it out. Yeah, but, let, let's uh, let's see what Shia. Like La- I still won't like it. No, yeah, all right. So let's see what uh, Shia LaBeouf did. I mean, last I saw, I mean, I haven't watched Peanut Butter Falcon yet. You've been all over that one, so Shia LaBeouf's been doing pretty good. Let's see how he does in fantasy, though. All right, so uh, quarterback, Pat Mahomes, not a bad start. And you got Dalvin Cook, Chris Carson, Odell Beckham Jr., Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd, Dallas Goder, and your boy Rojo in the flex. Some notable bench players. You got James White, Latavius Murray, Jalen Rieger, Jameson Crowder. Uh, yeah, uh, I kind of like this team. Right, let's see what you think. And let's keep it moving. You know, you don't have to break down every single player. You don't have to get into their background, their backstory. Let's just let's can keep we, it going here. Can we, can we just give a slow clap for Shia LaBeouf for getting it right? Um, Ronald Jones in the flex, fantastic upside. Um, you pair him with Dalvin Cook and Chris Carson. I think that's a really, really good three-headed monster at uh, running back. Patrick Mahomes, you can't really get better than that. Getting him at the 2-8 is a nice spot. And the wide receivers, if we're getting Mahomes, I think you... If we're getting Mahomes in the second round, it can be tricky to get good running backs and wide receivers. Usually, you have, there has to be a sacrifice there, okay? it Looking at this team, it doesn't really look like it, right? Because the running backs I already touched upon are very solid. And the wide receivers, you got Odell, Gallup, and Boyd. Now, Boyd... Boyd's the name that people aren't very excited about. But hear me out, okay? If A.J. Green is already kind of banged up, 32 years old, on a franchise tag, okay? Tyler Boyd, 25. He's a proven good receiver. 
not great, but he's good. He's a lock for about 1,105 touchdowns. That's what he's been doing. And he's been doing it with really bad quarterback play. So you give him Joe Burrow, okay? You were just telling me the other night that A.J. Green is not going to play 16 games. So if you get A.J. Green out of the occasion, equation, sorry, and Joe Burrow kind of, you know, locks in on Boyd, I think he could have a really sneaky, solid season. I think he's a really good, I think he's a very good wide receiver three. I am also in the camp that Odell's going to bounce back, and I am also in the camp that Michael Gallup is, if not the 1A, the 1B for Dallas. So I really like the running backs. I really like the wide receivers. I like the flex. The problem for me is the tight end, okay? Because you get the backup for Zacharias. Now, Dallas Goddard, he's shown flashes, right? If anything happens to Ertz, Dallas Goddard is going to be a tight end one. Uh, even with Ertz playing, I think Goddard will be, it could be a very low end one, maybe just outside, maybe tight end 14, 15, somewhere in that range. Um, so that is a bit of an issue for me. But on the bench, I mean, you got Golden Tate, Jamison Crowder, Latavius Murray, James White, uh, Jalen Rager. So this team has a, it's really deep. It's really deep. There isn't many holes. I do think the tight end is a bit of a problem. But all in all, like this is a this is a really solid team top to bottom. Like I don't really have any issues with this team. I really don't. So at this point in this episode, would you say that this would be a favorite team? Um, uh, you know what? I'm gonna say yeah. I, I think top all to right. bottom, all this right. is. I think top to bottom, this is one of my favorites. And then there's a little bit of sweetener because Ronald Jones is in the flex. So AJ, why don't you tell us? what you think about this team and why don't you talk some more about ronald jones all right because you were on fire last night i want to keep it going here i'm going to stoke the fire a bit ronald jones rb15 too high uh yeah <laughs> let's settle down with that all right so listen rojo on the flex man i can't believe i gotta say this again but i don't mind it i'll, I'll say this though i still like Keyshawn vaughn he impressed in camp today. They said he looked really well. He played really well. His vision's exceptional. He's a great pass catcher. So Keyshawn Vaughn is going to cut away to Rojo's carries and touches. But that offense is going to be potent. It's going to be very powerful. So you got to imagine Rojo's going to have you know, a decent amount of touchdowns. He's going to get a decent amount of looks time. So as a flex, I'm okay with it. Um, starting at the top, you got Pat Mahomes. Yeah, I mean, you can't get much better than that. Dalvin Cook and Chris Carson is a hell of a one-two punch at running back. Uh, Dalvin Cook, if he doesn't hold out, if he doesn't let the, the contract dispute get in his way, he is gifted enough to be a number one running back. Like, he's, he could be the number one overall running back. And that's saying a lot because we all know what McCaffrey and Barkley are capable of doing, Zeke's doing. But Dalvin Cook is an absolute beast. Uh, Chris Carson. I mean, I keep saying it. The guy fumbles the ball a lot. He gets banged up. But, I mean, if he could just work on his ball security, he, he's a truck out there. So, yeah, him as the RB2 is, is awesome. Uh, I love this three set of receivers right here. Beckham, I think, will bounce back. Michael Gallup, we just got done talking about him. I think he's the best receiver in Dallas. He is extremely gifted. He's got great chemistry with Dak. And Tyler Boyd, like you noted, I don't think – I can't see A.J. Green playing 16 games. And T. Higgins has a 
ton of potential. There's really no ceiling on T. Higgins. I think he could be a great player in this league. But he's a rookie, and preseason's not happening. And really, all they got going is training camp and walkthroughs, and it's going to take a little bit of time. But having said that, I, that that's the reason why I like Tyler Boyd as a receiver three. I think Tyler Boyd's going to have a big year. Um, I agree with you, though. Dallas, Dallas, as your starting tight end, I just I can't get behind that. It's, um, I mean, you said it. I don't want to say he's just Ertz backup because he does get a lot of playing time and he does get some targets. Like the, the guy, the guy is a good tight end. You can't deny that. It's uh, it's just a matter of fact. It's just, I mean, he got 87 targets last year. That's not bad for a tight end. So especially one that's fighting with Zach Ertz. So, is he a starting caliber tight end? Yes, but I I don't feel comfortable with him as a starter. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just that. It's worth noting Dallas Goddard finished as tight end ten last season. Zach in uh, fifteen games. Zach Ertz finished as the tight end five. So yeah. Philly has shown that Wentz is not afraid to throw it to both of these guys. So maybe I was a little too harsh on Goddard there, but I still wouldn't feel great about it because how many times when Wentz drops back and he slings it down the middle of the field and you see a big white tight end catch it. How many times, if you're a Goddard owner, are you going to be frustrated when you see Ertz on the back of that jersey? Like, it's going to be frustrating if you want Goddard on the field. So, again, the tight end position can already be tricky enough. Um, I'd rather not deal with the headache of having uh, a 1B as opposed to a 1A in Zach Ertz. When you know Zach Ertz isn't going to be coming off the field very often and he's just a target hound. So, um yeah, I think the tight end is the one thing where there's a bit of an issue for me, but maybe it's not as bad as it, uh, I led you on to believe. Yeah, no, overall, I do like this team. This team is very solid. Um, moving on, S-Dubs, let's see what you got. You got Josh Allen, Josh Jacobs, David Johnson, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Cooper Cup, Austin Hooper, Stefan Diggs. And some notable bench players, you got J.K. Dobbins, Brandon Cooks, Keyshawn Vaughn, my guy, and uh, Ryan Tannehill. What do you think? Uh, oof, there's a – I think this might take over from my favorite team, actually, so far. Josh Allen, dude, he's a perennial top seven quarterback in fantasy. The dude with his rushing ability, he just has such a safe floor. Josh Jacobs, David Johnson, as your RB1 and 2, Josh Jacobs, if he can get involved in the passing game more, that would be spectacular. But again <clears> – <throat> We need him to be uh, involved in the passing game, especially to Warren being drafted in the first round. Never mind S-Dubs drafting him at the 1-6. So you really need him to be involved in the passing game. David Johnson, uh, I think that he's going to have a solid season, like I said. Now his ADP has come up a ton, right? When we first started doing the community mocks, he was getting drafted in like the fifth. Now he's going in like the mid-third. So he has moved up a lot, and I'm afraid that it might tap out his potential a little bit. Um, I still think David Johnson is going to be a pretty safe volume play, though, nonetheless. The wide receivers on this uh, on this team are fantastic. It is interesting going back-to-back Atlanta wide receivers, although it is two high-profile receivers with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Now, Calvin... let me okay. just jump in real quick. So, so during the draft, S-Dubs kind of forgot he took Julio, and when his pick came back around, he saw Ridley and he got excited he took him. Uh, now, we're breaking down really the draft process 
and kind of, you know, seeing how you guys did with the draft and, and all that. So, I mean, well, I'm, we're not going to get into it really, but it is worth noting that after the draft, there was a trade and S-Dubs acquired Tyler Boyd and Golden Tate for Calvin Ridley. So now, Shia Buff, whose team was very solid, we just got over him, right? Add Calvin Ridley to that team. Take away Tyler Boyd. Oh, well, then I take back what I said. Uh, Shia LaBeouf has my favorite team again. Uh, but when you're doing the power rankings, though. I'll, I'll, I'll have to give that mine. Yeah, just don't forget about that. We're Wait. just breaking down the draft. Wait, so, so don't include that trade. Well, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you're telling me that S-Dubs traded Calvin Ridley and got Tyler Boyd and Golden Tate? Yeah. Oh, and man. now I do think he could have got more. I, I definitely but think he could have got more. It's just, you know what, though? It, I, I put a vote out there to see, you know, how people felt about the trade, and more people said that it was it was all right. Because, I mean, like like we said, though, Tyler Boyd is in a good situation, too. It's, Tyler Boyd's very safe. He's very safe. But he doesn't and have Calvin Ridley upside. He doesn't. But, yeah, I mean, it... it it wasn't that bad of a trade. It wasn't, uh, i say, you know, the guy again really obviously won that one. But um, it's not, it wasn't like a landslide to me. Yeah, no, I, I definitely side with the uh, with the Ridley part of that trade for sure. Um, as much as of a Tyler Boyd believer that I am, I just, I'm all over Ridley this year. I think that he has, uh, like this year, Godwin potential from last season. Um, but if we're, if we're doing it just, off how the draft went that I'm leaving Calvin Ridley on this team um, just to let you know if I did have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley uh, I, w- I w- wouldn't be that mad at it because Atlanta's, Atlanta's going to score a ton of points Matt Ryan is going to be fucking slinging that ball all over the field and these two guys showed last season that they can coexist they were both totally fine when they were on the field together now with Calvin Ridley health is a little bit of a concern because the dude hasn't played 16. So uh, if Calvin Ridley can stay healthy, stay on the field, he's all the locked and loaded number two. Austin Hooper is out, so there's going to be additional targets up there. I think that those targets, uh, there's at least a portion that's going to go to Calvin Ridley. Dude has all the talent in the world. So if I had Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, I wouldn't be in a big rush to trade either of those guys. And then Cooper Cup as the three. Cooper Cup. Now Cooper Cup's an interesting guy. Okay, because Jared Goff last year, it seemed like he only had eyes for Cup, really. Cooper Cup was getting it. Remember, he was the number one. He was like a a top three wide receiver for like a big part of the of the first half of the season. Like he he was the guy. He was fantastic. Actually, I'm going to pull it up while I'm talking to you just so I can so I know I'm not crazy because it is really late. So maybe I'm misremembering. No, I'm not misremembering. Listen to this. From weeks two, two through eight, okay? Wide receiver 13, wide receiver four, wide receiver five, wide receiver nine. Then he had a couple bad weeks. Uh, he had a three-point week against San Fran, eight-point week, eight week against Atlanta. And then week eight, wide receiver two. Like, he was fantastic, and he finished the season as wide receiver four. But the interesting thing for him is that once – once the Rams went to more of a heavy personnel, they started going two tight ends. All of a sudden, Cooper Cup wasn't on the field as much. 
Tyler Higby started being featured, and Robert Woods never came off the field at any point. Start of the year, Woods was there. End of the year, Woods was still there, getting a ton of that snap percentage. Um, Cooper Cup kind of became the odd man out, which was so strange because Goff and Cup, they're buddy-buddy. They're fucking two peas in a pod. You can't separate the two. So the fact that Cooper Cup was only playing on about 60% of the stats and uh, snaps and Robert Woods was up in the fucking high 80s and 90s, like, it just wasn't making sense. So what Rams are we going to get this year? Are we going to get the Cooper Cup being a huge target in the red zone? Are we going to get there's going to be more of a heavy personnel because that was actually working for them? I Cooper Cup is such a hard guy for me this year. That's why more times than not, actually not more times than not, every single time, I'm drafting Robert Woods because I know that he will be on the field. And he's way safer. But Cup's touchdown upside, he has double-digit touchdown upside. I don't know if Robert Woods does. But as a wide receiver three, that's great. I like that a lot. I think I think Austin Hooper, I think Austin Hooper will be fine. Uh, he's not going to get the same amount of volume he did over in Atlanta. I'm not banking on that at all. Not with Jarvis Landry, Odell, and Cream Hunt, and Nick Chubb will get some targets in there as well. Not many. Um, we already established that Cream Hunt basically took over the passing down work last year. I don't see why that will change this year. So. Austin Hooper is an interesting dude. I think that he will be more utilized around the red zone, which is what you want in a tight end, right? Because when you think tight end, what I think, if you don't get a Kelsey or Kittle or Ertz or an Andrews, you're just hoping that your tight end can get in the end zone. Like if, if, if your tight end goes out there and has 20 yards, but he gets a touchdown, you're happy with it. And I think Austin Hooper, I think he's going to be a fairly decent, reliable touchdown guy. I think that Baker Mayfield, now I wish Baker Mayfield had a preseason and stuff to really work on the chemistry part, but I think Austin Hooper could be, uh, I think he could be a problem around the red zone. And then Stefan Diggs and the flex. I did see some video uh, just the other day of uh, Josh Allen throwing it to Diggs, and it it changed my opinion a little bit. It looked it looked really good. Stefan Diggs, dude, he's, he's a fucking talented, he's a talented wide receiver. He is really good. And now he has a quarterback that's not afraid to throw the ball deep like Kirk Cousins was. And uh, an offense that's not all about just running the rock fucking 500 times a game with Dalvin Cook. Um, I, I'm coming around to Diggs. I was kind of low on him coming into the year. But I do got to say, I moved him up a little bit. I really did. I think Stephon Diggs could have a really good year over there. And then the bench, um, Dobbins. I don't think this is the year for Dobbins. Next season is the Dobbins season. This year, I don't know how much he's going to help you. Brandon Cooks, though, I do like Cooks, for sure. Um, then Keyshawn Vaughn, I'm kind of out on Vaughn. They brought in McCoy. McCoy's going to get some burn. Rojo's going to be the first and second down back. So I'm kind of off Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, Tannehill's backup quarterback's nice. So, man, I mean, the, the pairing of putting Josh Allen and Diggs together, I think that could be low-key a pretty sneaky stack. Yeah, it's, it's also an affordable stack, too, because, again, Josh Allen at the 9-6 and Diggs at the 6-7. So that's really not that bad. Um, I love the running backs on this team with Jacobs and David Johnson. It's just the, the running back position is not that deep. As much as I like Keyshawn Vaughn, it's going to take a while before. I think he starts really cutting into the uh, the uh, the Rojo. You know, It's, it's going to take time. But um, I do like the upside there. Uh, I mean, just look at the receivers, though. Julio Jones, Kevin Rooley. 
Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs. And I know you traded Kelvin Ridley. And honestly, looking at this squad now, you you really didn't have to trade Ridley. I, I don't I don't think he did. But like we said, we're not breaking down trades. We're breaking down how the team is built from the draft and that whole process. So overall, I actually I really do like this team. I think Steph's put together a pretty nice squad. It, um, it's it's just like it's it. kind it's kind of a shame that looking at the draft day lineup, I like the draft day lineup better than what the lineup currently stands after the trade. Kind of pains me to say that, but this team is definitely going to be in contention for one of my top three favorites. Uh, how it looks on paper right in front of me. Yeah, definitely, definitely not a bad squad. I, I like what he did there. All right, so moving on to Room Walsh, we've got Dak Prescott, Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, Mike Evans, DJ Moore, Kenyon Allen, Tyler Higby, Tevin Coleman. Bench, you got Zach Moss, you got Michael Pittman, Mike Gusecki, Rashad Perriman, Joe Burrow. Ooh, all right, where to start with this one? Um, the first thing that really draws my eye is the wide receivers. Mike Evans, DJ Moore, Keenan Allen, right? Mike Evans, redraft, Tom Brady. Big things could be coming for Mike Evans this year. In a dynasty, I'm not as high on Evans anymore just because Tom Brady's probably only going to be there for about two years. And then we don't know what to expect after that. So in Dynasty, I'm a little iffy on Evans, but in a redraft, love Evans this year. DJ Moore, fantastic, dude. The dude was such a target monster, and he plays into Bridgewater's uh, quarterback style so well that he's going to get a monstrous amount of targets. And when he gets the ball in any little bit of space, he can take it to the house. DJ Moore was really impressive last year. Keenan Allen worries me a bit. Now, I did mention in one of the community mocks that we did, I forgot who it was, but I mentioned how I don't really know what to do with Keenan Allen because his quarterback situation is really tough. He has all the talent in the world. He's definitely a top 10 wide receiver, talent-wise, in my opinion. His quarterback situation is, is it's bad, man. It's bad. So if your offense isn't going to be scoring, uh, if your quarterback's not going to be on the field as long because you can't really sustain drives because Tyrod Taylor then the Chargers offense could be fizzling out and have a lot of short drives, which is a problem. Um, oh man, but getting him as your wide receiver three is key. Wide receiver three, that's a position you don't really need a ton from. You just want somebody that's not going to kill you. Although I don't think Keenan Allen has his regular Keenan Allen upside, I don't think he's going to necessarily kill you. So having Keenan Allen as your three, I like a lot. It's just looking at it, it's like, man, if Philip Rivers was still there, like you wouldn't get Keenan Allen at five seven. But if you had Keenan, Keenan Allen as a three, like within the last two seasons, then like you you can't get better than that. So seeing him in the, as the three, it's like, oh wow, look at that Keenan Allen. Then it's like, oh, it's Tyrod Taylor though. So Keenan Allen's an interesting dude, but as a three, no issue with it at all. Um, I did talk about how I think the Chargers offense is going to be fizzling out a decent amount because I don't think that they're going to be able to really sustain drives. Um, that being said, you also got Austin Eckler. So you, you're really hoping that the Chargers offense isn't going to be as bad as me personally I'm, am projecting. Austin Eckler, fantastic pass catcher. I've said it a billion times. I've talked about Austin Eckler a lot. I'm not an Austin Eckler fan. I think he's overrated as a running back, as a pass catcher. I think he's stellar. I think he's really good. I'm not going to knock his pass catching ability. But if you give Austin Eckler 15 to 20 carries a game, he's going to disappoint you. He's a sub four-yard run, uh, running, uh, four yards a carry running back. 
and it's just going to be disappointing. So I think that Austin Eckler as a two is fine. I think he'll be okay, but I don't think you're going to get what you're hoping for. I mean, he's not going to get the same amount of target volume. It's definitely going to have to come down a bit because it was insane last year. I don't, the touchdowns are going to come down too because those are really good for him last year too. Austin Eckler worries me a bit. Getting him at the 2-6, it's fine. It probably wouldn't have been my pick. Derrick Henry at the 1-7. Derrick Henry was a, was a fucking monster last year. He's still not going to catch the ball, but to my understanding, this is a half-point PPR, so it's not going to hurt you that badly. Um, Derrick Henry is still going to do Derrick Henry things. He's still going to carry fucking 10 people into the end zone with him, so I don't mind Derrick Henry at all as your one. Higby. Higby is interesting, okay? Just, uh, I believe it was yesterday, Tyler Higby came out and he said that he expects Gerald Everett to have a really big season. What are you doing, Higby? Like, he was... Like he was fucking setting records. He was on a historic pace at the end of the season last year when he was getting the burn. And now it's just like, is Higby going to go back to like not being a feature uh, cog in this offense? If he's not, it's going to be devastating. It's going to be a crime because Higby looked really good at the end of the season last year. So Higby is an interesting guy. I, uh, It's hard to place him. Now, I will be transparent with you. I like Higby much more than Hayden Hurst. I definitely would have took Higby over him. Higby went two rounds later. Or actually, yeah, he went two rounds later. So that's just worth noting. Me personally, I'm still in on Higby. I still think he's going to be good. I just hope that he can, you know, keep up that feature role. Tevin Coleman in a flex, I don't feel as good about now that uh, Mostert is back. But there's going to be Tevin Coleman weeks where he's going to do great, and he's probably going to be on your bench. And then you're going to put him in your starting lineup. And it's going to be a moster week, and it's going to kill you. So he's he's going to be a frustrating uh, running back to own because you're never going to really know when to play him unless there's an injury in front of him. Uh, I do want to talk about Joe Burrow drafting him and uh, at the 416. I think that's a really nice backup for Dak Prescott. Um, but Dak Prescott, I mean, the dude, the dude just gets it done. The rushing ability is there. Um, the passing is there. He, I mean, he has so many weapons. He can really throw it to anybody. He finished as a quarterback two last season, only behind Lamar Jackson. So I think he'll still finish around the top three. I mean, if Mahomes stays healthy, Mahomes will either take the one or two spot, in my opinion. But Dak Prescott will finish in the third or fourth, in my opinion. And I don't think that's a stretch by any means. All in all, I think this is a really solid team. The flex, the flex could be better on the bench. I don't really see anybody. I feel great plugging in over Coleman. So that's a bit of a concern there. But uh, I'm not I'm not mad at the team necessarily. You also need Higby to uh, to be that guy he was in the second half of the year and not the first half. Yeah, no, honestly, looking at this team, uh, it's probably my favorite team so far that we've seen. Uh, Dak Prescott, like you said, finished number two last year. Uh, Derrick Henry's my guy. I don't even have to get into that anymore. Austin Eckler's my guy too. I, I was high on him last year. Um, having him as the RB two is great. Tevin Coleman's one of those guys where I feel like he's a good he's a good flex option because he's gonna have games where he's more involved and then he's gonna have games where he's not as involved. But he should be fairly consistent. Just of, with his relationship with the offensive coordinator and the and the head coach. He's got he's got a lot of chemistry with those guys over there. So they all love him, they're gonna give him the ball. Um, like you said, Higby, high upset guy. He had a great finish of the season last year. Um, but what I want to talk about is this receiving core 
is pretty unreal. Mike Evans catching passes from Tom Brady, DJ Moore, which I think he's gonna have a yeah, I think he's gonna have a better year than last year, just because Teddy Bridgewater is like more of his type of quarterback. I mean, think about what DJ Moore did last year with Kyle Allen. So now you're inserting Teddy Bridgewater over there in the same situation. I think DJ is gonna have a big year. And Keenan Allen, see, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'm not, I'm not, I don't hate Tyrod Taylor as much as you do. I, I think Tyrod Taylor is a definitely a good enough starter quarterback. Obviously, I'm not talking fantasy wise. I'm talking, you know, basically for Keenan Allen's value. I think Tyrod Taylor is a good enough quarterback where Keenan Allen's not gonna get hurt that bad. Um, so I, I mean, and especially getting Keenan Allen as your receiver three, I mean. That, that, that's a hell of a lineup right there. Um, yeah, I mean, so overall, overall, Rune Walsh's team is probably my favorite in in the 20 leagues so far up to this point. Um, all right, so moving on to the eighth team, we got Benzino. So we got Russell Wilson, Joe Mixon, Kenny Drake, Tyler Lockett, AJ Green, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Pairing up a couple chargers and Leonard Fournette in the flex. I like that already. Bench, you got Cam Akers, Noah Fant, Brennan Ayuk, Anthony Miller, Bryce Love, and Drew Locke. Break it down. Um, I like what Ben Zeno did at running back for sure. I talked a lot about Joe Mixon in our last podcast, talking about how it was such a Jekyll and Hyde situation where the first half of the year, uh, you really, like you couldn't start him. He was so bad. Um, and then the second half of the year, he absolutely exploded. And he was able to finish the year as the RB13 somehow still with such a poor start. Kenny and Drake, uh, kind of a similar deal. Now, David Johnson started the year, so Kenny and Drake wasn't seeing the field. And then, uh, you know, then David Johnson got hurt. Kenny and Drake came in, and he absolutely balled. He had such a good fantasy stretch. It was ridiculous. Th- these are his fantasy finishes from week 7 to 17. 10-week span. You ready for this? He goes RB 23, 2, 26, 23, 42, 31, 1, 2, and 16. He absolutely destroyed once he got the gig. And he wasn't coming off the field for anything. Passing down work, he's in. Uh, running, he's in. Like he was, uh, he was a true workhorse for Arizona. You can argue Arizona's going to be better this year. They have uh, they brought DeAndre Hopkins over. You have another year of Kyla Murray in the system. Kenny and Drake, he has crazy potential, but part of me always kind of just like uh, it humbles me a bit just thinking how is there a reason why Miami got rid of him and didn't really give him the burn? All right, he's not. Uh, man, it's just like he the field test. He looks good. But he's just, he's never really been good for a long time before. Now, when he came in, was that just like he just, like he just caught fire? Because like we've seen that before. We've seen running backs come in, have fucking monster stretches, and then they never did it again. Kenny Drake, I fear, could be in that position. But I think the offense in Arizona is going to be so good that maybe he will be a top 10 uh, running back again this season. I don't know. Last year, he finished, uh, like I said, last year, he. He had such a slow start. He missed a couple games in there. He still finished as the RB16. So Drake as a two, I think has, I think he actually has crazy upside. I really do. Um, 
as a one, I wouldn't feel great about it. But as a two, I think that's a really good two. Um, so mix in Drake and then Fournette, right? I don't think Fournette's targets are going to be there, what they were last year. His targets were fucking out of this world. I don't think you can count on that number again, um, especially with the emergence of uh, DJ Chark over there. Um, but I do think that Leonard Fournette will be fine just because he had a ton of targets, a ton of catches, good rushing numbers, but the dude just couldn't get in the end zone for some reason. I don't even know how it's possible to have as many rushes and receptions as him and, and just not be able to put up touchdowns. It was, uh, it was actually kind of astonishing. So I do think that Fournette, even if the, uh, the catches come down, I think that Fournette's touchdowns should come up. Uh, he finished as the RB9 last season. He only had three rushing touchdowns and zero receiving. So he had three touchdowns on the year. Dude had 265 attempts and 76 receptions. And he had three touchdowns. That, like, something's, it's got to even out. All right, so you bring the receptions down a bit. I mean, he had 100 targets too. I don't think that'll happen again. You bring the targets down a bit. Actually, not a bit, probably a lot. Bring the receptions down, move the touchdowns up. I think that he could even out again to be a top 10 running back. So I'm not mad at Fournette. Fournette and the flex, fantastic. Um, Tyler Lockett, AJ Green, Mike Williams, the receiver core. AJ Green, there's some questions around, but I'm still in on AJ Green. I don't think Cincinnati would have spent all that money to franchise him if they didn't want to see what he could do with Joe Burrow. And to my knowledge, he was doing really freaking good. And then the hamstring popped up. And uh, he's taking some time off. He's a vet. He doesn't necessarily need to be out there right now. So I'm. it's a bit concerning, but I'm not out on AJ Green yet. Lockett is solid. Mike Williams and Hunter Henry. I was just talking about how I think the Chargers offense isn't going to be great. I think they're going to be stalling a lot. If I wasn't a huge fan of Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler putting those two guys in the same starting lineup, then I'm obviously not going to be thrilled of Mike Williams and Hunter Henry in the same lineup. Um, you might see that differently because you you don't mind Tyrod. I just think that Tyrod is not a good quarterback in the NFL. Um, so aside from the Mike Williams and Hunter Henry, I think that this is a uh, <clears throat> I think this really solid team. Then you got Cam Akers on the bench, uh, Bryce Love who's looking pretty good, Anthony Miller. Um, I'd almost say, dare I say this team might be a little too deep at running back. I mean, there's no such thing as too deep at running back, but. Um, if you were to move one of those guys and try to upgrade Mike Williams to, you know, somebody that's a little safer, then, I mean, by all means, I'd do it. If you could trade Cam, if you could trade Cam Akers and Mike Williams and pair that up to a maybe try to go for Michael Gallup or something like that, then I think that this team would be a whole lot better. Yeah, no, I mean, I think this team is is really solid. I, I agree, though. The, the thing that stands out to me is having two charges. Uh, Mike Williams, I'm not the high on him this year, um, just because the quarterback situation over there. And Hunter Henry, I'm not as low on him as you are. I think he he's still going to be okay. Um, so I'm okay with Hunter Henry at, at tight end, but I'm not sold on Mike Williams at all. Um, but again, this is exactly what I'm talking about: the Leonard Fournette and the flex. That it, it doesn't like. Just you sitting back, you just must feel so much better about everything because you know you got an absolute monster running back in your flex. Yeah, but um, uh, on the other hand, though, like you can sit back and be like, man, look at Leonard Fournette down there. But then just move up a little bit 
and look at Mike Williams as a wide receiver three. And all of a sudden, you come back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It, the, the wide receiver three is definitely is definitely the weakness of this team. But overall, other than the receiver three, I think this is a very, very well-balanced team, very solid team. So, Benzino, I approve of this team. I think I think he did a, a pretty fine job putting it together. It's just the receiver three. I'm not sold on Mike Williams this year. I mean, but I mean, at this point, you could probably find something on the waiver wire or like Mark was saying, you got enough depth at running back where you could probably end up trading one of them and getting a, like a stud receiver and uh, definitely help out your team. But overall, I definitely like this team a lot. All right, so moving on, we got Yellow Mike, the runner up from last year. Yellow Mike's team is as follows. He's got Matt Stafford, Aaron Jones, Melvin Gordon, Michael Thomas, Kenny Galladay, Terry McLaurin. Another nice trio of receivers. Evan Ingram at the tight end and Marlon Mack at the flex. A couple of bench guys, you got Carryon Johnson, Deontay Johnson, Alexander Madison, Christian Kirk, Robbie Anderson. Very good. All right. All right. So I'm I'm excited about talking about this team, okay? Because there's something I've been wanting to get off my chest about a certain quarterback. Matthew Stafford. All right. Now, if you see Matthew Stafford as a starting quarterback, a lot of people would be like, yeah, quarterback is a weakness. It's not that good. Right. Let me just tell you what Matthew Stafford was doing. Now, he only played eight games last year, finished as a quarterback 25. Let me tell you how good he was in those eight weeks. Okay. I'm just going to read you his fantasy finishes for the first eight weeks. Let's hear it. Ready? Four, 13, 26, 6, 21, 2, 5, 4, and then he didn't play the rest of the year. Okay? That is fantastic. So five of eight weeks, he was the top six quarterback. Five of eight. He was on fire. And then you you had the emergence of Galladay. He was able to keep up the performance even with uh, poor quarterback play afterwards. If you get a healthy Stafford, like, you could see him being in the top 10 again. Like, I don't think that's a stretch. So you pair him with Kenny Galladay. I think that is a another. That's a that's a cheap, very high upside stack. I like getting Stafford at the 12-4. Galladay at the 4-4. That's about where he goes ADP-wise. I think that's a sneaky stack. I think a lot of people are hating on Matthew Stafford, and they might not realize just how good he actually was for the first half of the year before the injury. Um, Aaron Jones, Melvin Gordon, uh, Marlon Mack. Aaron Jones, uh, I don't think he's going to lead the NFL in touchdowns again this year. I don't think uh, I don't think anybody does really. Um, but you still can't be mad because I mean he's crazy talented. He plays with Aaron Rodgers. He can catch the ball. There's nothing that he can't really do. So I like Aaron Jones again. Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's an interesting guy because you know if you talk to if you talk to the person who's sitting to your left right now, he could hate him. You talk to the person sitting on your right, he could love him. Uh, he's really talented. He's a workhorse. He's a really good receiving back. He's going to be playing with Drew Locke. Um, is Drew Locke going to be like a check down Charlie when he gets scared? If he does, then Melvin Gordon is going to uh, crush the value where you drafted him at 3-9. If not, Denver might you know fizzle out a little bit on offense. Drew Locke might not be as good as he showed flashes of last year, and that could hurt Gordon there. But if they're going to be losing some games, then he could get a lot of targets. Uh, you know Denver wants to run the rock. 
So I think that there's a pretty good pathway for Melvin Gordon uh, to stay as a top 12 uh, running back in football this year. Uh, 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 why can't I not? Philip Lindsay. I, for some reason, I, I couldn't get his name That's out. That's your boy, too. <laughs> not my boy. I can't even remember him. That's how far removed <laughs> I am from fucking Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay is going to be a change of pace guy. Uh, I can see him getting like fucking six, maybe seven carries a game. Melvin Gordon's going to be up around the, the 18 to 20 ish range with a handful of targets a game. I really like Melvin Gordon, especially as an RB2. Marlon Mack is the interesting one because Jonathan Taylor is right on his ass, man. And Jonathan Taylor is fucking humongous. He just, when you look at him, you're like, man, that's a running back. Like, that's what a running back is supposed to be. Um, so Marlon Mack, I mean, we'll see how long he can actually hold the job for. Because, um, I mean, like I said, Marlon Mack had a good year last year. He did good. But Jonathan Taylor, man, I don't know. Uh, then uh, the, just to touch upon Terry McLaurin, McLaurin's going to be the number one for Washington. Uh, do you feel better about McLaurin if Alex Smith is the quarterback? Uh. Honestly, probably yeah, a because, little bit because he'll be he'll be getting a more accurate ball. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think Alex Smith would be better for the receiving core over there. But I kind of like I said before, I think Haskins is going to take a step forward this year. So, I mean, I I'm not that big on Terry McLaurin this year. I loved him last year. This year though, I'm not that high on him. So, yeah, it, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, and then Evan Ingram. We all know what Evan Ingram is, right? When he's on the field, he's a top six tight end. But the problem is, is he's very rarely on the field. Like the dude just can't stay healthy. All in all, I think this is a really solid team, top to bottom. The flex is going to be interesting because, again, how long is Marlon Mack going to be able to hold off Jonathan Taylor? I'm not sure. And then the bench. I mean, you got Carryon Johnson, Deontay Johnson, Alexander Madison. So, I mean, you got some pieces there that could pop, but uh. But no, Marlon Mack is uh, is the interesting one on this team for me. All in all, though, I do like the team. I do think it's pretty solid. Yeah, no, this is a very, very solid team. I would say, um, yeah, Marlon, Marlon Mack's probably uh, the weakness. Well, I'm not going to say his weakness. Uh, Marlon Mack's not a weakness. He, he's a... Marlon Mack is a very good flex option. Um, Terry McLaurin as a receiver three is fine. But like I said, I, I don't know what to expect from this year because I got to see how much Haskins has improved. If if Haskins has improved and, and he's ready to, you know, be a, an actual quarterback, then McLaurin will be fine. And I think that stack of Stafford and Galladay is really sneaky. It's like really sneaky good. So um, overall, though, this team is very well balanced. There's really not too many weaknesses, so I I think uh, I think this is gonna be a nice team going forward. Um, all right, so next up we have Unlocked Joint. His team is Drew Brees, Miles Sanders, Mark Ingram, Terry Kill, Adam Thielen, T. Y. Hilton, Darren Waller, Matt Breida, and the flex. And then the bench you got Philip Lindsay, Emmanuel Sanders, Lashawn McCoy, Curtis Samuels, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, this team, uh, th- this team looks pretty good on paper. I mean, Drew Brees redraft. I think Drew's be Drew. Uh, Drew Brees will be good. I think he'll be what he usually is. He'll be he'll be at the top ten with like top six, top seven upside with the weapons he has over there. 
I'm all about Miles Sanders this year. The dude absolutely fucking balled out last year. He looked so good catching the ball, running between the tackles. Miles Sanders looked fantastic and definitely warrants a first-round pick, in my opinion. Getting him at the 110, that's a nice spot. Ingram as the RB2. Again, uh, talking redraft. Sorry, we're, AJ and I were currently in a slow draft dynasty. So if I mentioned dynasty a lot, my apologies, but it's just kind of fresh in my mind right now. Uh, Mark Ingram in a redraft this year, I think is going to be really good. Uh, he's not going to match what he did for touchdowns last season. He really made his bread in the touchdown department. I can see the touchdowns coming down a bit just because it was crazy. I mean, the dude had five-plus receiving touchdowns. That's It's not going to happen again. I just I just don't see it. Um, the wide receivers on this team, Tyreek Hill, 2-3. That's about where he goes. That's a good spot. I made the case against Tyreek Hill uh, on the last show just for fun. And, uh, you know. <laughs> that might have been just to get under a certain player's skin out there. <clears throat> and uh, let's just say it worked. Um, <laughs> Adam Thielen as the wide receiver, too. If he can stay healthy, uh, Diggs gone. Justin Jefferson coming in as the two. Uh, Thielen has the chemistry. Uh, there's still a run first team. I do think Thielen will be really solid as long as he can stay healthy. He was banged up a lot of last season, though, so that is a bit of a concern. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is an interesting guy because... He he's a burner. He's not a big touchdown guy. He's a yardage guy. And he's not even that much of a big time reception guy. Now he has a facelift, right? Because he has uh Phillip Rivers over there. Phillip Rivers, could he turn T.Y. Hilton into a uh Keenan Allen type Keenan Allen type slot guy? I don't know. Um But my concern for T.Y. Hilton is that he is having hamstring issues. And when you when your bread and butter is speed, the hamstring is so important. Uh, you really need that thing to be strong and sturdy if you're gonna try to break away from people. So, T.Y. Hilton does concern me this year, and uh, it's just unfortunate, man. Because if this dude was healthy and there was no like lower body injuries with him, if he was 100% week one, I think T.Y. Hilton could have really nice upside this year. I really do. But the hamstring for a player like him, it worries me, man. It worries me a lot. Uh, Waller. Waller, I'll uh, keep this one short. I think the touchdowns come up. I think the yardage and receptions go down a bit. Matt Breida and the flex, I don't like at all. Um, I'd rather have Jordan Howard. Matt Breida win nine picks later. Uh, looking at the bench, though, I feel like there isn't really much you can plug in in his place. I feel like you can't play Lindsey. Emmanuel Sanders would probably be my pick where you could probably get away with flexing him out. Um, LaShawn McCoy, you never know, but I'm Ronald Jones. That's his gig. Curtis Samuels, you never know. So I'm not a fan of the flex. The wide receivers are pretty solid. Uh, I do like the running backs, uh, the RB1 and 2 anyway, not Breda. And, uh, you know, Breeze is Breeze. I think this is a, this team doesn't blow me away. It doesn't make me mad. So I think this is just like a, you know, mid-pack kind of team. Uh I, I like this team. I think, I think the one red flag for me would be Matt Breida in the flex. But we kind of touched on it on the 50 league breakdown. But if 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 Jordan Howard is to get hurt, Matt Breida in the flex is fantastic, and vice versa. So you know, if they're both if they're both healthy, it's going to be a committee. It's going to be frustrating as hell to have him in your flex. But I mean, there's worse options out there. Um, I agree 100% Darren Wall's touchdown should come up 
Um, so, I mean, if his touchdowns come up, he's gonna hit. I mean, he's gonna be a top five guy. Like the the yardage is there, the targets are there. The yardage is there, the targets is there. Adam Thielen, I think, will have a big bounce back here if he can stay healthy. That hamstring is it seems like it's always lingering with that guy. T.Y. Hilton, same deal. Philip Rivers is there. This guy should have a, bit, a better year than last year, but he's also always banged up. So those two guys need to stay healthy for this team to really perform. Tyreek Hill is a stud. Uh, Miles Sanders, Mark Ingram, that's a nice one-two punch right there at running back. I think this is like the last, I'd say the last year or two of Mark Ingram being fancy relevant, um, especially with J.K. Dobbins in town. And Drew Brees, I mean, the guy doesn't age. He's like, He's like Brady. He's just going to put a big numbers. He's got weapons all over the field. So He's like a fine wine, this guy. He's got some great weapons, and he's not slowing down at all. So overall, I think this team is very solid. The only weakness I see would be the flex, which is often what, I, what I'm stingy with. Um, all right, so picking 11 is go ahead. His team is Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, David Montgomery, Devontae Adams, Corlin Sutton, Marvin Jones Jr., Zach Ertz at tight end, Jonathan Taylor in the flex, and then Noble Bench guys, Tony Gibson, Jerry Judy, Akeel Harry, Carson Wentz. What do you think? Um, well, to be honest, I feel like this is eerily similar to uh, the team in my FFC 50, the one that Matt put together, right? Because didn't he have Watson, Chubb, Montgomery, and Ertz? Yeah. Yep. Like, I I feel like, and he picked uh, he picked in the 12th spot. Uh, go ahead, pick to the 11th spot. So I feel like they, it, I feel like it's eerily similar. Um, uh, Deshaun Watson, obviously, I was talking to you about Deshaun Watson. You had a very questionable trade if you asked some people in a dynasty league where you moved up to get Watson. We won't get into it here because it's already 3 a.m. and we don't got time for that shit. But you uh, you made some people mad with that one with the Deshaun Watson. So I made um, two out of 12 people mad. Um, so Deshaun Watson, I have no issue. But like I tried telling you, uh, he worries me a little. Okay, because he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore. Um, you take Hopkins out and you replace him with Brandon Cooks. You can't compare the two. Hopkins is one of the best overall receivers in the league, and Watson doesn't have him anymore. I think Watson will be fine. I still think that he he's pretty much a lock for the top five still, top six. Um, but Watson does concern me a, a tad. I, I think that his upside is capped without uh, Hopkins there. Nick Chubb, again, he worries me because Kareem Hunt is going to be there for the whole season. That worries me a bit. If Kareem Hunt takes all the third down in passing work, then that's going to hurt Nick Chubb a lot. David Montgomery, again, ton of carries last year, did nothing with it. Can he turn it around? I hope so. I still like David Montgomery, um, but I'm a little afraid to draft him this season. I really am just because if he goes out there and gets the same volume and he just doesn't and he isn't efficient with it, then he's probably going to do about what he did last year, which isn't good enough. Uh, the wide receivers in this team, Devontae Adams, Corlin Sutton, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones, again, that's a uh, that's a boomer bust play right there. Uh, Devontae Adams, you know what you're going to get. If he can stay healthy, uh, he's going to be fighting for the number one overall receiver. Like, the touchdowns are going to be there. Uh, he's probably the safest bet for double-digit touchdowns among wide receivers, uh, especially with Rodgers, just really force-feeding him and favoring him and him not having any competition, really. Sutton is the guy I want to take a minute on, okay? 
Now, Cortland Sutton, to start the year, he was really good. I'm going to give you his uh, his first... Uh, I'm going to give you his first... We're going to go to week 11, okay? Because then when the Drew Locke experiment started to happen, and it started getting a little questionable, okay? So here's the the majority of his season. I'm just going to give you his wide receiver finishes. Wide receiver 22, 63, 32, 7, 14, 27, 24. So he had a bit of a nice stretch there. Wide receiver 38, wide receiver 16, then he had a bye week. Comes off the bye. He is uh, wide receiver 13, week 11. All right, so now let's check where Drew Locke started to come in. Drew Locke came in week 13, okay? So let's look at Sutton's numbers from week 13 on. Looks good week one. He finishes as the wide receiver five. Wide receiver five with Drew Locke week one. Looks great, right? Big red flag coming. Weeks 14, 15, 16, 17. Listen to these wide receiver finishes. 56, 41, 51, and 45. The dude just couldn't get on the same page with Drew Locke. It was ugly. It was disgusting. And if you had him, Sutton, for the majority of the season, he was very fantasy viable. Like, he wasn't hurting you. He was actually helping you win some weeks. But if you had him in your fantasy playoffs, that combination of Drew Locke and Sutton was a nightmare, dude. Like, did you hear those finishes? That's like the average of wide receiver, 50. That's pretty bad. It was really, really bad. So having Sutton as a two, like you really need Drew Locke to get his shit together. You need them to fix that chemistry because if you keep on missing the boy like that, then he's not going to finish as a wide receiver too. So Sutton worries me a bit. He really does, and it's not—it's not him. All right, it's, this is a like it's—it's it's not you. It's me for this. It's not Sutton. It's Locke. So that's my issue with Cortland Sutton. Zach Ertz, you know what you're going to get high targets. We'll see what the touchdowns look like. Jonathan Taylor, when is he going to take the job? He takes it soon. That's a great flex. Fucking great flex. If if Marlon Mack shows that he's not washed and Marlon Mack goes out there and does his thing, then that flex is going to hurt you to start the year. Um, Yeah, I mean, the bench, I feel like there isn't anything really exciting on the bench. So, all in all, I think that this team is, I think this team is solid. It's just, it's not going to finish in my top three for power rankings. Because the Marvin Jones, Jonathan Taylor in the flex, and then you get Nick Chubb and uh, David Montgomery, who I'm kind of worried about. Yeah, uh, see, I, I like the Deshaun Watson. I, I Nick Chubb, I like Nick Chubb, but like I've said, with Kareem Hunt out of the picture, Nick Chubb will be a top five pick all day. The guy is like absurdly talented at running back. He's got size, he's got speed, his vision's ridiculous. He's unbelievable, but having Kareem Hunt over there is like a severe handcuff. Uh, it, it's definitely it puts a lower ceiling on Nick Chubb. So, um, I mean, getting Nick Chubb in the second round, that, that's that's good. I mean, it's good value there. But, you know, I guess because you would think of him as a first rounder, but I think he's starting to dip in these drafts now. So, I think a lot of people kind of catching on to the Kareem Hunt show and and how it's going to affect him. Um, David Montgomery, I'm not really high on. I, I kind of liked him going into last year. <clears throat> he let everybody down. You know, they, they're excited for him. So it kind of makes you feel like they're going to give him the rock more often, which, like you noted just now, the guy had a lot of carries, just didn't do much with it. So I think that 
isn't just on him. I think the offensive line is pretty poor also. So, I mean, you kind of have to wait and see what's going on in Chicago. I, I'm not big on Montgomery going into the season, though. Um, the receivers, like you said, Devontae Adams, Colin Sutton, Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, I think Sutton will turn it around. I think he'll have a, a pretty solid year with Drew Luck. I, I would hope. I mean, they had a whole offseason to go over the playbook and get on the same page. Uh, Devontae Adams, you already know what to expect. The guy is just, you know, top three receiver in the league. Jonathan Taylor, as good as a football player this guy is, it, there's no guarantee he's going to have the job right away. Yeah, I, I know. I think they just kind of said that either today or, or the day before. It's He doesn't have the job. He's going to earn it. And Marlon Max, no slouch. I mean, he didn't have the greatest year last year, but he the guy is capable of getting a thousand plus yards and eight touchdowns. He's capable of doing that. And he's still young. It's not like he's totally washed yet. I think he's like 25. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes if they just keep it as a as a committee the entire year or if Jonathan Taylor really separates himself. It's going to be interesting. But, um, you know, having him as a flex, I'm not mad at that. I mean, you, you got a, a high-end rookie running back in your flex. It could be worse. Um, one player I want to note on the bench is Nikhil Harry. I think Nikhil Harry's going to have a big year in New England. I think Cam Newton has kind of a, a resume of turning big body receivers into fantasy, you know, reliable players. Thinking back to like Kelvin Benjamin. When Kelvin Benjamin was in Carolina with Cam, you can't deny the fact he, he was relevant fantasy-wise. You know, Devin Funches has had some fantasy relevant years with Cam Newton. So I, I think Cam just likes going to those big targets. And Nikhil Harry is a big target who is sure-handed. So I'm looking forward to a bigger year from Nikhil Harry. Um, overall, yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with this team. I think Marvin Jones is the weakness which, you know, he's not that bad of a player to have as your receiver three. I just think that it could be better. Um, yeah, so overall, this team is solid, but I think this team is kind of, sort of, middle of the pack. But if something happens to Krim Hunt, he gets banged up or, you know, he gets suspended again. And Montgomery really steps up in year two, I think this team could be uh, pretty solid. All right, lastly, yours truly... Thanks to you for picking me 12th. Um, this is how my team was put together. Tom Barady, a.k.a. The Goat. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Todd Gurley. Juju Smith-Schuster. Hollywood Brown. DJ Chark. Jared Cook, my guy. And uh, Devin Singletary in the flex. <clears throat> I would say for my team, a couple notable bench players. Henry Ruggs. Justin Jefferson. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. Um, I'll start off by saying I still think it's a crime that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going so late in the first. Uh, you getting him at the 12th was was surprising to see. I thought that Clyde Edwards would be going, you know, around the 6th or 7th overall. Uh, maybe people aren't buying in as much as I feel like they should be. Uh, so getting him at the 112 is great. Coming back with Todd Gurley at the 2-1, that, that is early that's the earliest i've seen Gurley go like like that that's fucking early man um i know he's your guy but that is early now he probably wouldn't have made it back to you at the 312 so i get it but the 2-1 that that's early for Todd Gurley. uh the wide receivers 
um, Juju Smith-Schuster, if Roethlisberger is healthy, then Juju Smith-Schuster could be a top five wide receiver. He has all the potential in the world. Uh, it's just, it really comes down to what is Roethlisberger right now. Hollywood Brown, I'm not as in in Hollywood Brown. We talked about it a bunch. He had a banged up rookie season where he really didn't do much. He had, he had two or three games where he popped, but outside of that, he really didn't do much. So is Hollywood Brown going to be on the field more? He have more opportunities? He should be. So I can see the upside there. Um, I know you drafted these two players back-to-back at the 5-12 and the 6-1, but just seeing DJ Chark going at 6-1 just feels super late to me. DJ Chark was absolutely fantastic last season. Um, he really impressed me. Uh, he finished he finished as the wide receiver 16. Uh, he played 15 games, finished as wide receiver 16, and he had uh, you know a bit of inconsistent play with Gardner Minshew and then... Uh, like you had the Nick Foles debacle, so like he he had a his quarterback situation wasn't sturdy for the whole year. Now that it seems like Gardner Minshew is going to be the guy going forward, DJ Chark should have some more stability. So uh, I do like Chark. So seeing that you drafted Hollywood Brown over Chark seems like a crime, but you got him back to back. So to help your team out, in my eyes, I'm gonna say you took Chark in the fifth and Brown in the sixth. Jared Cook. Uh, well, you probably made a lot of people happy when you drafted Jared Cook. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, Devin Singletary, you're higher on Singletary than me. Uh, I said it a million times. Uh, Moss scares me, especially in the red zone. Um, the fact that Buffalo went out there and drafted him with such high draft capital concerns me a bit. Uh, Devin Singletary, he's definitely a talented back. He's a good pass catcher also, so I'm not taking that away from him. He's definitely a talented running back, but... If you like him so much, why did you draft Zach Moss early? That's that's the question for me. Um, then the, on the bench, uh, I think it's notable that you took two uh, rookie wide receivers with Ruggs and Jefferson. Um, uh, you got to figure one of those two guys should at least be fantasy viable um, for the majority of the season, at least. So uh, yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think your team top to bottom is pretty good. I think that the girly one at two one was a bit of a reach, but. That's your guy, so I'm not mad at you for going to get him because I, I urge all of you, if there's a player you really like and you got to get him like a round early, then you got to do it. Um, so for me, the issue is I think Hollywood Brown as a wide receiver three, uh, I'm just not ready for that yet. And uh, Devin Singletary, I'm just not not quite sure. But in the flex, I feel like it's uh, you could definitely do worse than Singletary in the flex. I'm trying to poke holes in it, but I think the team's pretty solid. Yeah, I am. I mean, you know how I feel about Hollywood Brown. I think the fact that he packed on all that extra muscle and he's going to this year healthy, uh, I think he's going to definitely emerge as Lamar's favorite receiver very rapidly. And I think he's going to have some huge plays. Um, He's going to be a very exciting player to watch. DJ Chark, I just remember when I was drafting this, I, I wanted originally... I know Ertz went kind of late too. Ertz went at the Ertz went at the five eleven, so I was kind of hoping I was going to have Ertz fall to me, and he got sniped right before me at the five eleven. So at five twelve, I took Marquise Brown. I knew I wanted Hollywood. I knew he was my guy. I had to get him. And then I'm looking. DJ Trucks just sitting at the top of the board, and I'm like, Can I let this guy slip anymore? He was so consistent last year. 
and he, he just he was so he was so under the radar and he's had such a great year so i'm like you know what i gotta take so i'm very happy with my three receivers i think juju's gonna have a fantastic i think juju's gonna blow up again i think he's gonna be an absolute star um like you said Clyde edwards hilarious falling to me at 12 i couldn't have been happier with that i i was just hoping 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 that was gonna happen um this draft was still a little it was a little earlier so you know it I think people are still kind of you know, unsure about what to expect, but Clyde Overtelier is going to be an absolute superstar, in my opinion. Todd Gurley, it may be a reach of 2-1, but it's my guy. I, I'm expecting huge things from Todd Gurley this year, so I think Todd Gurley is going to get back to playing in his prime where... I think Todd Gurley will get back to playing in his prime where he, he could get you know 15 to 16 touchdowns this year, playing on a a great Atlanta offense. Um, Jared Cook, I mean, you guys can say what you want. You guys can laugh. You guys can joke. I, I, it's funny. I know Jared Cook, it's it's a crazy player to like be all over, but uh, from weeks 10 to 17 last year, he had seven, tu- seven touchdowns, I think it was. He basically had a touchdown a week. So, so the guy, he gets, the, he gets the offense. Drew Brees loves going to him in the red zone. And at his age, he's still a physical freak show. The guy's fast. He he can jump. He's got good hands. So as long as he can stay healthy and Brees can stay healthy, I think he's going to have a really good year. Um, and then, yeah, you know, to close it out, you know, Singletary, I've talked about him enough. I, I think I think he's going to have the type of season where he could be in the, the conversation to be a first-round pick next year. Uh, I think he's that talented. He, he The guy just breaks tackles. That's all he does. He just breaks tackles. He's very fast. He's a big play guy. Um, just highly reels all all Sunday all Sunday long with Devin Singletary. And then to, you know Tom Brady. What can I say about this guy? Yeah, he's forty three. I get it. But it's the goat, the greatest player we've ever witnessed. I I couldn't pass him up. And um, he has, I mean, one of the best receiving duos he's ever had in his entire career with Mike Evans and Godwin not to mention Gronk's back in town um, I think Brady's going to ball out I think he has a lot to prove he's still somehow has a huge chip on his shoulder even though he's got six rings so it's a redraft league I think Tom is going to go out and just have a blast throw touchdowns like crazy so overall I do like my team now, I wouldn't say it's my best work but I do really like this team I'm, I'm pretty happy with how it came out all right, so with that being said, are you ready for the awards for my top three power-ranked teams and my least favorite? Are you ready? I am ready. I forgot about that, too. I forgot about, I forgot about the bomb on the on the team you dislike the, the, the most. Yep, the bomb is coming, so fucking strap yourselves in because it is going to be big. Okay, so coming in third place goes to none other than Shadda is better. Uh, congratulations, sir. You come in third. I'm going to go ahead and read your team, just starting lineup top to bottom, and then I'm going to move it on because it's well past 3 a.m. Kyler Murray, Saquon Barkley, Raheem Mostert, Chris Godwin, Robert Woods, Devontae Parker, George Kittle, and Edelman in the flex. Very solid. Uh, this came in third. It would have been higher if Mostert wasn't the two. If you had somebody I liked more there, then you would have been higher. But top to bottom, really good. Love the receivers. 
coming in second place and this this one was a tight one um second place is gonna go to s dubs s dubs team consisted of josh uh josh allen josh jacobs david johnson julio jones calvin ridley cooper cup austin hooper and stefan diggs in the flex um i really like that team a lot uh i actually kind of like the julio jones calvin ridley combo as ironic as it is that that's not on the team anymore um, I do really like this team a lot, though. I think David Johnson will be a fine, too. Josh Jacobs has all the potential in the world to be a top six, top seven running back. Josh Allen, he's locked and loaded top ten. Uh, Hooper having a high touchdown upside, and I'm in on the Allen Diggs stack. So that is going to be my second team. Uh, and coming in first place, we got none other than the man himself, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> okay. Shia LaBeouf's team, we have Patrick Mahomes, Dalvin Cook, Chris Carsons, Odell, Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd, Dallas Goddard, and Ronald Jones in the flex. I know what you're thinking. He has Ronald Jones in the flex. That's why he came in first place. Is that true? Not 100% the reason why. But the trio of running backs, the trio of receivers, and the best quarterback of football, I think that's a, I think that's a bulletproof starting lineup. Um, <clears throat> and then the Goddard one, I kind of changed my tune on him a bit when I saw how much he was actually involved, even with Ertz on the field. So I'm not as mad as <clears throat> I'm not as mad at Goddard as I was initially. So those are my power ranked top three teams. AJ, I don't want you to get offended, but let's just say you were in consideration. <laughs> Thanks. That's uh-huh. okay. All right. Now is the time that you've all been waiting for. I know you guys have been listening for the past probably like two hours or so, just waiting to see who is getting the bomb dropped on him and this one pains me because similar to a team in the ffc 50 that had like the first four picks be like rock solid like unbelievable picks and then it kind of fell off a bit i think this team kind of falls into the same exact category my bomb is going to goose now I'm doing goose. this. I'm the doing goose it. Getting bombed. And it's crazy to say my least favorite team has Lamar Jackson, Ezekiel Elliott, and Travis Kelsey. That is insane to say. But it's the other pieces that concerns me. We probably spent the most time breaking down this roster, so I don't want to spend too much time on it. But it has Lamar Jackson, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, DeAndre Swift, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel, Miko Hardman, Travis Kelsey, and Mark Andrews in the flex. I don't necessarily hate this starting lineup, to be honest with you, but I feel like there's looking at it it just screams that some trades need to be made um samuels as a two don't like it now with the injury hardman i think that's a really bad three way too boomer bust andrews and the flex it's just like it's more so why like the scoring format doesn't really warrant it i definitely move one of those two tight ends and deandre swift starting as your rb2 get Karen johnson there how long is it going to take them to take it over uh, there's just there's a lot of question marks with that starting lineup, and I can't look past the Debo Samuels, Miko Hardman, two and three, and then the Swift at the two. I just feel like this team, now this team though, it might be my bomb. I think it's like one or two trades away from getting back up into like top three power ranking potential. I think it's close, but it just screams that like some work needs to be done, and that's why I'm picking this one. Yeah, I think uh, I think Goose before. The draft lobby opened up. I think he looked himself dead in the eyes in the mirror and was just like, let's get weird. Let's go two tight ends. And get weird, he did. Uh, honestly, 
You know, I, I see where you're coming from. I don't think this team's that bad, though. I think, uh, I mean, you know, maybe it's worthy of a bomb. Like I said, this is for you to break down because it's my league. So I, I would defend the Goose, you know. I, I think uh, I think this team is pretty solid. But, hey, you know, Mark says you're getting bombed. I guess you're going to get bombed in this one. I dropped the bomb on, uh, who, who was it, Randy in your, in your league? I think it was Randy, yeah. Randy, <clears throat> Dirty Randy just got straight bombed last night, so. Yeah, well, it's just like there's a lot of teams. Like a lot of teams are, you know, a lot of teams are, are pretty strong. Um, a lot of teams probably have like one spot that I feel like could use some work. It's just Goose's team. I feel like there's two or maybe three spots that need some work. So out of all of them, like this one might have like arguably the best quarterback, running back, and tight end you can get. But I just feel like there's the other the other spots are the issue for me. You know, what's gonna be funny is tomorrow. When Goose hears this, uh, I'm sure he's gonna have some words with you because we've known Goose for quite a while. He's a friend of the show. We've known him, you know, well before this podcast even was a thing. So there's gonna be some shit talking tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'll hear about it. It's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I I welcome the conversation because I just want to see what his thinking was with the two tight end when it's not a tight end premium and then with his thoughts on Michael Hardman as a three and Debo as a two with the injury that he uh, suffered last season. And then obviously Swift as the, uh, the RB two. Uh, I, I, I do want to get his, his thoughts and opinions on it. So Goose, if you're listening to this right now, uh, feel free to hit me up and tell me what you think it was. Like I said, I don't necessarily hate it. It's just, I feel like a couple trades could be made to really make this starting lineup pop. It's just he definitely, definitely has some uh, some very valuable trade bait that could really send this team to another level. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you took Travis Kelsey, right, because I'd like to keep the Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews stack because that's a really good stack. If you take Travis Kelsey, right, who you drafted at the 3-2, you could trade him and you could probably get, like, a, a really strong running back. And then you could have Zeke and then name a really good running back. And you could probably get him there, too. And then you'll still have Andrews as your starting tight end. So, like, I just feel like this team is, like, one or two pieces away. I don't think it's far off at all. It's just I think this one has the most spots that I dislike in the starting lineup. Well, with that being said, that is going to conclude the FFC 20 breakdown episode. The next episode we're going to be doing is the Mobile League, which is a 14-team league. Boy, oh, boy that one is going to be lengthy but i think we're going to have to speed up the uh, format for that one to get through all that content right there yeah, uh, we, mark we, appreciate we, you breaking down the 20 league hey it, it was no problem i get to see if the grass was green on the other side turns out it's not um, oh hey <laughs> the, the, the bomb on the holy the, the ffc 50 is still where it's at um that's not true you guys over there they did a good job drafting there was definitely some some teams i liked uh, there, and there wasn't much I disliked. So you guys did good over there. Uh, good luck to all of you over there. And if you guys could do one thing for me, uh, all you FFC 20 players out there, don't let AJ win again. That's the only thing I ask. Just don't let him win, please. That's, that's a difficult task to deal with. All right, let's get out of here. It's 3.30 in the morning. I got to go to bed. Yeah, it's, uh, it's stupid late. So I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Hopefully the guy on the clock makes his pick in Dynasty so we can keep this ball rolling. 
and hopefully we can get back in the studio to do at least one more show this week and we have our auction draft that's tomorrow right uh, i got pushed back to next weekend oh okay all right so that means uh that means we can do some auction mocks and maybe do some shows with it so uh make sure you guys stay tuned for that again if, i know this is really late to be putting this in the show but if you're on facebook which i mean let's be real who's not on facebook please go join our group go to the group tab type in fantasy football champs podcast you can find us there join up and uh uh, man, my brain is just not working right now. It's so, 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 so late. On Twitter, champs underscore podcast. We need to get out of here, AJ. I can't even keep my eyes open anymore. Yep, I agree. All right, thank you guys for tuning in, and we will catch you guys on the next episode.